0: Like the greatest now, like the greatest now. Looking like somebody made it now. I know they hate it now. What is going on, everybody? Ladies and gentlemen, another week of the NFL is coming gone. Your boy, Dylan Meadows here with my boy, my brother, Justin Bryan. All, everyone knows him, as stash. JB, how was your weekend, my man? Long,
1: long weekend, Dylan. Long, terrible weekend. I played DJ Moore in fantasy, and we all watched the Cowboys game.
0: 25, 26 million people to be exact. One of the largest, if not the largest, showing of Sunday night football. Yes, we all did. We will definitely talk about the Sunday night games. Justin, what I love about this time of the year with the NFL is that, all right, we're starting to see realistically who these bad teams are. And we'll kind of get into this a little bit of a deeper dive, you know, later on in the pod. But all right, now we're, we've we kind of established like who the bad teams are or who the teams that are kind of like trending towards being bad. Atlanta. So that, <laughs> and then. And then you have these other teams that are pretty good. And then you have these other teams that are already pretty great. And we're starting to kind of see those teams kind of just like separate a little bit. It'll become much more clear for everyone once Thanksgiving kind of rolls around. But Justin, man, like we're already seeing some unfortunate injuries. Uh, Unfortunately, everyone woke up to the news today that, our beloved Mr. Justin Jefferson has been placed on IR and is going to be missed four games. That is so terrible for the Vikings. Uh, we also saw that, um, Miami emerging star running back, uh, Devon, a chain is also going to be out for multiple weeks. Um, uh, Justin, I feel like there was another big injury that happened that I'm kind of just, Richardson. that's what it was. Obviously. I mean, we'll, everyone kind of figured that like within like game day, but yeah, like it's been confirmed today that he's definitely going to be missing some time. So it's, it's terrible that we're seeing these injuries already just take place. But, um, then again, that's just part of the game. That's what makes this a controlled violent sport. But then again, it's as safe as we can make this game. There's still that level of violence that still exists. And, Hey, it's, it's unfortunate. And for those Anthony Richardson lovers like myself and Justin, and you know, I'm sure anyone who really listens to this podcast, uh, or or even if you hate Anthony Richardson, you can't deny that his value for the league itself, just as a bigger picture aspect is so critical and it is so crucial for him to not only play, but to play well. It's hard to do that when you are injured and JB, even when he comes back you know, keep in mind, it's his right shoulder as well. So he's not going to be fully confident to go full downfield, you know, huck it, chug it, football right away. Like he's still going to have a little bit of that worry and pretty much a little bit of that mental block. Again, the, the league needs him to play well. Fortunately, uh, they have a rookie quarterback in C.J. Stroud that's playing exceptionally well, like historically well actually. And uh but we won't we won't really talk about um really just a, th- There there's some interesting things about some bad teams, but we'll stick to a little bit more of the major storylines. Um now J- JB, I did not want to really th- this kind of happened with uh with Kyle last week. So I didn't really want to talk about the Monday night game because it really didn't seem too interesting, but the fact that the way that the result ended of how it did, I feel as though like all right, well Because this is what we just saw. This now has to instantly go to the top of the talking points. So, I attest last night's product as not only bad quarterback play, but also one coach coached very, you know, conservative. And the other coach was just kind of just, you know, we're just going to see how it goes, you know. And to me, it's if it wasn't for Max Crosby being a badass, the Raiders would not win a lot of games. Now, I, JB, there was a lot of love for them in the preseason. You know, when Aiden O'Connell lo- looks really good, and you know they're doing well in the preseason. I was one of the very few people was like, they're really, they're really hitching their wagon to Jimmy Garoppolo, who is not mobile, who wasn't mobile to begin with, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't stay healthy, and you don't really have that many players. You know, Josh Jacobs is great, but, you know, there's really only so much he can do. Devontae Adams, as you saw, does a little bit as well. But as far as their defense, yeah, Max Crosby, but, you know, who else now?
1: has been weirdly good for them so far
0: he has he's been a nice little signing but this is this is a little bit of the issue with uh and justin you know this, like with the new england guys like when they go to their own place once they get away from the bill tree don't get me wrong ladies and gentlemen we definitely have to talk about belichick but it's right now we're just talking about the his disciples or his uh his padawans or his apprentices so to speak you know once they get away from the bill empire They try to do their. They try to emulate him so much, and they try to like stick to his tactics, not just within the coaching realm, but also a little bit in the personnel side. And it just ends up being a disaster. And Justin, I thought this game was actually going to be a shootout. I thought both teams' defenses were particularly bad. Green Bay had ten days to prepare for this game. The time travelers, like I, like I I put a little skin on this game, Justin. I thought that I thought the time travelers were crazy favoring the Raiders minus two and a half and it, it kept flip-flopping even before the Aaron Jones announcement like it kept flip-flopping from like two and a half one and a half like I put a little skin and I doubled down on the Packers <laughs> and bro like to lay an egg like that and to just have Matt LaFleur just have Justin or I'm sorry not Justin but uh Jordan Love just kind of just play, like, you know, a very below-average-style game. It's like, bro, what are you doing?
1: I don't know. That. Oakland can't put it together for anything, and it makes no sense that Josh Jacobs led the league last year. Oh, they're not Oakland. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're Oakland, because they're doing <laughs> Oakland shit. So, <laughs> all right, they can move where they want to, but they're Oakland. So, what's the old boy's name? Mark? What's his last name? The Mark Davis. Yeah, that guy. That's, that's what
0: the fuck is going on right now. Hey, he's about to win his second. Was it WNBA championship? So like right now he's he's feeling pretty good. At least one championships coming to Vegas. Yeah,
1: that's not
0: the and, one. Want. And what was it like? The Golden Knights just uh, like debuted tonight. Like hockey season actually started the night. Of course, like the Predators get their ass kicked by the Lightning. Go fucking figure, but. You know, just, anyway, but we're still going to stick to the positive vibes. But, yeah, just the Raiders, it just seems like, you know, and we've said it on this podcast before, bro, it always feels like there's always something with them. Like, it, it doesn't matter if it's in the players, if it's with the coaches, if it's with the front office, if it's with the owner. Hell, even just the fans, like the ones that still remain in Oakland or the ones that are, like, now emerging in Vegas, it's like, all right. Well, I mean, th- again, there's always something. And to me, like the fact that they were able to squeak out a win, where Josh McDaniels again decides to kick a field goal towards the end, where you have the, you have the offensive personnel. Like you don't trust Josh uh, Jacobs to get a handful or less than a handful of yardage to get you a crucial first down. And but at this point, Justin, I was thinking about it today. I was like I was thinking like why would he simply do that? And the only thing I could probably think of, at least just from an optimistic standpoint, was, okay, if my defense get, it gets back on the field, no one right now can block Max Crosby and Jordan Love cannot press the ball downfield. so I'm trusting my defense on this one, which again, I thought both defenses were pretty bad. I thought this was going to be a shootout. Bro, like... lines
1: were both lines were really bad too. Just well, again, it, it got was like, got it. like you said, Max Crosby's just running free, just whatever he wants to yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, when that happens, it's just what you're gonna get: bunch of sacks, bunch of punts, <laughs> low scoring game. They actually fed Jacobs this time. He touched the ball twenty times, which is like what needs to happen every game, if not more. Like, you you got to feed him. That's the whole reason you bring in Jimmy Garoppolo is because you're going to feed the league-leading rusher from last year and then let Jimmy Garoppolo manage you the rest of the way to the win. And it was weird last night listening to the announcers. I don't know if you listened to the announcers last night, but they went on like a whole spiel nope. about Derek Carr <laughs> and about how what? Like, Derek Carr Why? was like the glue to that organization throughout all the... Turmoil and the move to Las Vegas and all this oh. stuff, and I was sitting there and I'm like, "Why, y'all really went down this road like in the middle of a game? Like, <laughs> y'all just y'all are just clowning them right now about how they should have just kept Derek Carr."
0: <laughs> Ladies and, and gentlemen, this is a friend from New
1: Orleans, but no, not at all. Game. He's been Well, he he looked great last
0: week because you know he's not he's i guess sort of getting healthy but ladies and gentlemen this is a a nice reminder to when you go out on a first date or even a second date do not talk about your exes in front of people like don't do that. that 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 is what that tells me that that's what those people did that that's essentially like you know talking about your ex in front of your very first date and how i guess something is so you know just different altogether. Um, Justin, I saw one play where Devontae Adams was in the slot and they had the outside linebacker and Preston Smith covering him. And I'm sitting here going like, All right, well, that's another reason why the Packers are probably going to suck this year. Because if Jordan Love not only shows progression, if Matt LaFleur is coaching on a very conservative level and a very limited playbook, and the defense is just terrible, then, yeah, the Packers could easily, like, you can look up, and the Packers could easily be at the bottom of the NFC North, easily. Even, like, maybe not as bad as the the Chicago Bears, but at least with the Chicago Bears, like, there's, like, the... What's crazy, Justin, is that the NFC North right now just looks like it just belongs to the the Detroit Lions, because, like, minutes like Minnesota looks a little bit in shambles. And again, like with Jordan, uh, I'm sorry, with Justin Jefferson going on, ior, that definitely doesn't help. The bears are still the bears, even though they just got their very first win. Like that's like the fact that they went almost a whole calendar year without getting one single win. Like they had that big, that they had that, uh, that primetime beat down against the Patriots and they haven't won another game since that this past primetime <laughs> like, over almost a full calendar year. And then you have obviously the Packers where you just, if you didn't, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't watch the Monday night game, you obviously didn't miss much. And Jordan love just, it just doesn't look good. And now to be they, fair. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: I think they've overachieved all year. I mean I didn't I at the beginning of the year I think they opened with Chicago. I had money on Chicago because I didn't believe in Green Bay at all. Like the only thing in Green Bay I believe in is Aaron Jones and now he's hurt. Yeah. if if they're not if they're not gonna have Aaron Jones, I don't don't know any offense. Christian Watson, he had like seventy something yards, so he can break a play, but without Aaron Jones, I don't AJ Dillon hasn't looked good at all all year. AJ Dillon looks in, like but he looks <laughs> slow. Yeah, exactly. Like, he
0: looks like the old running backs that would give you about three and a half, like four yards, like, you know, Fall trail down. of dust. Yeah, and just, and just like every time. It's like that that's he it. Like that's two all Two yards
1: do. and he fell for the third.
0: It's it, JB, man. Like things could things could get a little awkward in uh in Green Bay if if th- it, again, like what what I was so convinced of was, they had all that time. Like, yes, they got the shit kicked out of them by Detroit, but it turns out that Detroit's actually a pretty good team, and they had all that rest. And now they're going up against a bad team on the road, and it's just like, all right, well, again, like I I was so confident in uh, Matt Lafleur essentially scheming plays for Jordan Love over. Josh McDaniels scheming plays for Jimmy Garoppolo and it, it, I guess at least the wolves are somewhat tamed in Vegas for now because I mean again just it, they're they Jamie they are in a such an awkward position like they really are because they have the ability to sell off a tanking season. But Josh McDaniels knows that if they lose and he's able to pretty much lose his job, then it's where like, all right, well, he's not getting another chance again. And then, you know, there are still people that still grunt and groan about what he did or what he did or what he potentially didn't do. in um, for Indianapolis when he took the job and then immediately rescinded his, or rescinded his name, like, <laughs> Well, I mean, I wasn't even going to mention Denver. I was just going to just, again, like he, he's not going to get really like another chance because now the only thing that would be somewhat of a saving grace would be like, all right, well, if, because, you know, again, things are getting weird in New England and we'll talk about that. I mean, if he wants to go back to Bill, I mean, it's, that 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 seems only just like a temporary fix from, you know, from where from where I'm sitting right now. But, uh, we won't really need, I mean, again, ladies and gentlemen, there wasn't really much to really deal with that Monday night football game. The Sunday night football game, again, we're much, I, get, I guarantee you more people watched that than they did the Monday night football game. Where record,
1: it did. I, it again like, like a 25 five record for the most football. I don't remember most views on a week five game or something crazy.
0: Yeah, again, like 25, 26 million people viewing just one setting in a day where streaming is king and where everyone is doing their own thing. The fact that you can, for a a two-and-a-half to three-and-a-half-hour span, get that many people to sit and watch a full game that in this day and age, that is a huge accomplishment. Obviously, Sunday Night Football, one of the biggest brands, and where you are hosting, obviously, two of the other biggest brands in the National Football League, where there's a ton of, you know, there's there's sort of a rivalry, sort of like
1: I a rivalry. Don't don't downplay it. I'm downplaying
0: it because it, it's a historic rivalry, but like right now it doesn't really feel like the animosity is as high as it used to be. Like there's, well, like, I say good. that
1: I'm, I'm ready to go to Little's house right now and burn it to the ground. All right.
0: Well, I said team animosity, not friend animosity. And we, we do not uh, condone someone committing arson. we, we are not going to burn down Chris Little's house, we we're, we are not going to do that. But um, the Niners, as far as like burning the house down, like, yeah, they, they're beat down. So, okay. So Justin, here's what I'm noticing about that game when I'm watching it. And it's one of the biggest like factors to pretty much of why the Niners won the way they did. The fact that Brock Purdy, like everything just was so easy for him, like the way he was able to operate in the pocket, he was able to move around, go through his reads. Even when he's getting a little pressured, even when there's just a little bit of pressure into his face, he has that just that calm, that cool poise to where he's able to make the throw, whether it be to George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, You know everything. Like he never really looked overwhelmed. I guess is what I'm saying. Like and especially against this Dallas Cowboy defense, where we've seen it. If if they get a lead on you and then they're able to just pin their ears back and go, they can easily overwhelm you so quickly. But the fact that he was able to just keep everything in front of him and the fact that he was able to just make throw after throw after throw, and you know George Kittle Kittle catching three tuds. I saw that he had a uh, Fuck Dallas t-shirt on uh, that he uh, displayed. And then Micah Parsons was saying, we don't need to make it personal or don't make it personal. Laugh now, cry later. And then Debo got on to saying, like, it's already personal. Like, what are you talking about? Like, and the score, like, you know, it could be higher the next time we see us. So... You know, I say that there's not that there's that that's not a rivalry, but I guess now, like after I guess today, or by the time you're listening to this, you'll probably already seen the clips. It's starting to emerge as kind of like a, I guess a rivalry, like an intense rivalry. Where that's good for the league.
1: Yeah, it's definitely still an intense rivalry. I don't know. I feel like you're downplaying it, but. <laughs> uh yeah, no one of the big reasons they beat us so bad and that you're like you said, Brock Purdy had all day to do whatever the hell he wanted to do back there. Uh the the line and the tight ends and the fullback all had one assignment. Find number eleven and hit him. They hit Michael immediately. Every time they seen him, they hit him. They were hitting my man in the back. I seen him get hit in the back three, four times. No calls. No calls for blocking the back, you know. So but that yeah, one the little chip little on his back, ribs, like
0: towards the end, that was Well, he
1: is like gone and dudes just all up in his back, pushing him. But that that's the biggest reason. And then if you just go look at the numbers, Dak, three interceptions. Can't do that not in a game that's going to be tight and that you got a chance we still had a chance for a for a reasonable amount of time uh, Tony Pollard had eight carries unacceptable <laughs> had four reception so you got Tony Pollard ball 12 times it's fucking dumbest shit I've ever heard uh, CeeDee Lamb four receptions five targets
0: I read a report that he's frustrated with the offense and him and McCarthy had to have a little sit-down. I did read that today.
1: So, between Tony Pollard and CD, they touched the ball 17 times. Man. Unacceptable. Josh Jacobs carried the ball 20 times for the, for the Raiders. We couldn't get Tony Pollard and CD the ball 20 times together. And that's our playmakers. If they don't touch the ball, they don't exceed, we, don't, we can't do anything.
0: I was going to say, that sounds like McCarthy and Dak, like the whole deal there. And, you know, there's already a ton of pressure on them already. My question with the Dallas offense, and it has been and will continue to be, what the hell does Brian Schottenheimer do? Like if if Dak has the ability to change the plays and the line of scrimmage, and Mike McCarthy, the head coach, is calling the plays, well, what does the offensive coordinator do? And it seems like la- or Sunday night, there's really not much that him, Mike McCarthy, Dak, or even the Dan Quinn and the defense could do. Because Dallas, or I'm sorry, the San Francisco had a mindset of, we're just going to punch this team. We are going to do what Arizona did, and we're just going to run right at them. We're going to make them... Play man defense against us, which they the Cowboys at first were playing good man defense against them. But at that point, you can only contain George Kittle, Brandon um uh, Brandon, IU, Debo Samuel for so long. Even with uh Christian McCaffrey, JB, he didn't really. Well, well, I mean, not just that; it's just, Christian McCaffrey didn't even have that great of a game up to his standards. Like he didn't really you know, like do. He had a fumble. Yeah, exactly, and um, he didn't really contribute like he normally does. Like th- this, was a Brock Purdy and George Kittle and like the aerial attack, like really getting it together. And it they just kind of like showed Dallas. It's like, all right, well, you know, you had that big loss, and we're going to kind of exploit every bit of that. And what's upsetting is that you saw a bunch of players in the Dallas secondary, like either like walking up and down the sideline without a helmet, like getting looked at, or either walking to the locker room. So if you talk about an area that or a specific uh, part of the defense that really doesn't need to have any type of bad luck or bad injuries. It's that area, and you know, I mean, Dallas is obviously still in it. Uh, the NFC is looking a little bit better than I think a lot of people anticipated, especially with a few teams kind of still emerging. Again, we're 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 figuring out the bad teams more than we're figuring out like the good and great teams, and I think that's. Uh, I don't think either of the teams that played on Sunday night are terrible. I don't think anyone would tell you that anyway. But um, speaking from teams that are not terrible to teams that are terrible, and I say terrible with quotation marks, um, the Bengals and the Arizona Cardinals. The Now, a lot of this team, or I'm sorry, a lot of uh, people within the betting realm and the, um, I guess, scouting community, And just pretty much anyone who, like, covers the NFL or, like, talks about the NFL, one of the most major topics was the Joe Burrow injury, the impact, the fact, the the financial aspect that was behind it. You know, everyone had all of this uh, leverage to pretty much just, like, just gang up and just kind of just hold against Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengal offense. And then, obviously, you have... People like Jamar Chase who are openly talking shit to the media, not to about the media, but just about like how the offense is definitely is not a good look. So you know a lot of people were kind of fading, um, were fading uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. But what kind of cures all that when you come up and you play a bad team? Now Arizona has been completely feisty in every single matchup. Now we'll see how the oh that's the other uh, key injury that I thought about uh, James Connor so pretty much the yeah. main engine of the Arizona Cardinal offense right now like he's banged up and uh, he's going to miss an extended period of time so um I think that you know, rookie fact-
1: would be interesting De, DeMar, the, I don't know how you say his name Dermacado or something like that at uh, TCU He's a rookie. He stepped in, he ran the ball like ten times of this week, uh got a touchdown.
0: All right, so uh le-
1: it's a Demicardo or something odd like that.
0: <laughs> we apologize to the family for the mispronunciation, but uh ladies and gentlemen, uh I'm sure the uh the fantasy app, uh whatever fantasy app to use, I'm sure they'll be happy to to assist you in the spelling and the pronunciation as well. But yeah, so I mean, still, with the fact that he goes down with a major injury and now you start to see Cincinnati kind of start to be Cincinnati. Like, even though T. Higgins didn't play, the fact that – I mean, I think Jamar Chase literally just caught another pass and he yeah. may catch another touchdown. Like, he's like, – I don't that know why they're
1: entertaining open. him playing right now. They need to deactivate him. Like, Who's that? T. Higgins.
0: They need to deactivate T. Higgins.
1: Well, I mean, they need to make him sit down. He he doesn't need to be questionable. He's got, what has he got, broken ribs? And he's like, oh, Essentially, I, might, yeah. I might play this week. And I'm like, man, you need to sit down before you get Yeah, away. that's like a two to
0: four week like recovery process.
1: Yeah. And I, so I don't understand why he's trying to play, especially with the way they've played so far.
0: Well there that's probably because of the sense of urgency because they knew that if okay well god forbid if they lost this game to Arizona and they're one and four in the AFC it's like all right well we're we're pretty much screwed at this point like we're like we got a long like mountain to, or we got a, a tall mountain to climb at that point and it's you know you I feel like the sense game, What
1: are you willing to risk him, though? Tyler Boyd's <laughs> got to be coming up on contract. I assume you don't pay Tyler Boyd when he comes up. So, taking that route, do you risk T. Higgins on a season that is possibly away from you?
0: Well, that's a T. Higgins decision, Justin, because, I mean, keep in mind, T. Higgins is, I mean, he—he could he's a free agent after this season. So, I mean, he, <laughs> is there, he- there's been either this season or next. I mean, there's been tr- tons of trade speculation and there's been a uh, tons of
1: speculation. I thought he came in after Boyd.
0: Yeah, he did come after Boyd.
1: So he should have a uh... Boyd didn't get an extension, did he?
0: I believe he did.
1: Oh, uh, maybe he did. Okay.
0: Yeah, cuz T well, Higgins came in the same year as Joe Burrow. Okay. Yeah. So that's, uh, that like that was the initial like stack that was the Cincinnati offense. And, you know, now there's been tons of speculation that he could be traded or that that they're not going to like extend him because they already know they got to pay Jamar Chase a good chunk of change. And the fact they're already paying Joe Burrow a good bit of coin, like, there's really only so much that you can really have, you know, invested into your team. And it's really hard to even like tell your, Cap numbers. It's like, all right. Well, we have at least like sixty or potentially eighty plus guaranteed money in only three players. Like it's, and at some like, point you like, got
1: to protect Joe Burrow.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like it's like you you have to, and you know that the fact that he's starting to get you know much healthier than he's been all season really helps. And yeah, you know, he hopefully he now
1: that's what's been he so. can he hasn't he can't he can't move he can't plant and throw.
0: He can't extend the plays, he can't really do every bit of that. That's well, I mean, that now that he's starting to kind of like do every bit of that now, every like I think now people will kinda like start to like jump back a little bit on the uh the Cincinnati bandwagon. And I, I but,
1: think I seen a report that they were talking to Leo Collins. <laughs>
0: I think I actually may have seen that same report. I I was look I was uh, recording another podcast and I'd seen that and I'm just like, oh okay, well that just kind of helps. Uh, yep, the jet. I'm sorry, the Jets and the Giants are actually uh, worked out. Lyle Collins, yes. Yeah, so yeah, so I, I did see that name as well. Um, but yeah, so again, like that's that's kind of like where they're looking at right now. I mean, they they're still very much in it. The fact that AFC North is still you know, kind of open. You know, we'll talk about that here in just a little bit. But um, I'll tell you something that's not open, Justin, and it's pretty much a close. Oh, it's a pretty much closed case. Now we've been kind of speculating this for a few years, based on not because of on-field production, but because of personnel. In an aging quarterback, and the fact that those moves just didn't add up, like the draft never really complemented what was on the field. You just had a aging quarterback who just happens to be the greatest, if not the like the all time greatest quarterback that's ever played, and Tom Brady making up for a lot of mistakes and. It seems as though the further and further we, or Bill Belichick gets away from Tom Brady, the worse everything gets. We are now sitting in the third year of the Mac Jones, Bill Belichick era. Justin, let me just set the scene for you, sir. <laughs> so on Sunday, I'm just sitting in our guest room, minding my own business and watching the games. My girlfriend, who is from Boston and is an avid Patriots fan, wants to go to the local Patriots bar. Shout out Live Oak here in Nashville. Amazing food, amazing drinks, incredible live music. Always a good time. Always good vibes. So she wants to go there. And keep in mind, this is a Patriots bar. And we get there like a little bit before the third quarter starts. I didn't want to tell her the score because it's like, like I just asked her, I was like, all right, well, since you mentioned it, I'm assuming you really want to go. And she was very, very excited about going because she had some friends that were also going to meet her there. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to tell her the score. So we get there, have some drinks, we sit down, we're talking, we're catching up. All of a sudden the third quarter starts. She looks up and she sees the score. She was like, you didn't tell me this was this bad. Ladies and gentlemen, it was 21 to nothing in halftime. And it wasn't even a game before that when the New England Patriots hosted the New Orleans Saints. And ladies and gentlemen, this is one of those times where you're just like, okay, the Cowboy beat down, that's one thing. Cowboys have a really good defense. But to get beat down this badly by. Dennis Allen and Derek Carr. Like that's a whole other different deal. Like it's, and the fact that, you know, Bill is just kind of like the fact that Justin, he's even saying to reporters that we have to start all over. And then when he's asked to double down on that question and just, you know, what do you mean by that? He's just like, well, we just got to start all over. I kind of hope that the craft saw that and just thought, you know what? Yeah. Yeah we do need to start all over without bill now ladies and gentlemen we all have met that 70 80 year old person male or female that has been incredibly successful in their field of profession they've made themselves a ton of money they've earned themselves enough clout as the children would say and you've noticed that over time especially when they get older and they've, you know, accumulated every bit of that success, they're not really the most open-minded individuals. (laughs) They're not really, you know, as acceptable to changes. You know, they're, you know, they're stuck in their ways, but for very good reason. Their ways have put them in the position that they're in today. And you would think that over time, things would just completely change that's not the case here. And again, Justin, I'm, I'm sitting in this Patriots bar and I'm seeing a lot of sad faces and I'm the only saints fan there. Justin, (laughs) the only one like I walk in and the bartender is immediately shaking her head. We're off to such a great start. (laughs) Now I didn't start openly talking shit. Until someone behind me was talking shit. Yeah. That's and a- well, you've been around me, man. I, I try my best to just keep my, my comments to myself. I'll make a few like little, little nuggets, little facts that I drop. <laughs> I've actually learned now that any sporting event I go to, I'm just going to sit with the opposing fan base. Now that's, that that's my new rule. And so I go there and someone's talking shit and I happen to just draw facts with Bill did this to himself, like Bill thought having a defensive coordinator as an offensive coordinator would work. He thought that he was the grand poobah of everything, including personnel. Like this guy and is like he's ruined your offense. Y'all look like the slowest offense in the entire league. And Mac Jones is regressed, and now that the fact that he is. Losing friends in that building day by day, like the teammates don't like him, coaches aren't weren't a fan of him last year when he went to seek outside help, and now he's turning over the ball this year even more, even with Bill O'Brien, bro. Like now again, as I said that because you know as they uh, again older people get older and um or the old the the older individuals just have that my way or the highway. I don't think Bill is going to go up to the Crafts and be like, you know what, Bob? you are about 20, 25 years of everything I had, of good wins. You know, we've won some Super Bowls. We've had some good times. Man, I just lost uh, I just lost it. You know, I don't have it anymore. I'm going to go to Nantucket. I'm going to go to Martha's Vineyard. No, he's not going out like that. He's and, not, hey. Dude,
1: just after Brady got one, that one Brady got, he will he – will... <laughs> Coach for as long as someone will have him to try. Well, to maybe not,
0: back. maybe not another Super Bowl, but he wants to coach to at least get that coaching record. Like he's close to the coaching record, and the thing is, I don't see him getting close to that anytime soon. Specifically with the team well, that he has, and the fact like, that it's a.
1: Here's something that came to mind while you were uh, <laughs> talking about it to me. What if he goes ahead? And we all know that Bill Belichick and the Patriots aren't ashamed to get their hands dirty. And they go ahead and they tank. Allegedly. Yeah. They tank the rest of the year. They leave Mac Jones in there. They let him get blown up. They let him get ate up. I mean, Back-to-back
0: back games, he's gotten benched. And Bailey Zappi's gotten action. Back-to-back yeah, back games, ladies and gentlemen.
1: They continue to play that horse and lose games for as long as they can. Maybe could mention Zappie for a little while, let him come in, lose some games. But they'll stay at the bottom. Then he gets gets him a Caleb Williams. Somebody he can get and really start to build around. He can scratch together a defense out of people you've never heard of. He still has a lot of raw talent on that defense. That kid Duggar that plays safety. Kyle Duggar, yeah. He's a bad motherfucker. Like he he still finds these people that you've never heard of and turns them into solid team players.
0: I believe Duggan was like a division two player as well.
1: Probably. It's like all he drafts. Trades away his fat
0: and long snappers and guards and kickers and
1: just. That's the downside. He would get the number one pick and and take some somebody nobody knows who they are.
0: It, okay, Justin, here's where I push back on your speculation. You're in assumption that Bill Belichick would again, you, and you kind of already like speculated towards it. You you have the assumption that Bill Belichick would still have personnel decisions. Where I guess now it is abundantly clear that if yeah. you're going to get him away, f-
1: he's doing what because they're terrible at their job. Well, that's what I'm saying.
0: Like he is in charge of if personnel. Him, he yeah. is-
1: Well, you give you can you can give him a nod for as long as they gave it to him for what they got out of. Him.
0: Well, now it's to the but point yes, to where it's, coming, it's like all right. Well,
1: the yes, the point it's coming to a head. I agree with that, but you got to I feel like you they, they owe him another year or two. Because when Brady not, left, he didn't have no. anything.
0: That's not all on him. Justin, I've speculated this, and I'm going to – I'm, when, when Bill has back-to-back games, like he said, that the fact that he's had back-to-back games where he's only – him and his offense have only scored three points makes me double down on my theory about the They're Patriots.
1: Trying. I'm not arguing that. They're terrible. Okay,
0: well, well okay, so doing. the one –
1: you don't think he would be willing to to throw this season away, knowing because he knows what he has in Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi both at this point. So you don't think he would be willing to let that go to get that top pick, even if he didn't take, even if he didn't take Caleb Williams or Bo Nix or like a quarterback. He take the he tackle would, from Penn State, come State take, or somebody. He could come take Marvin Harrison Jr. and it would be worth it because then he would have the best receiver he's had since fucking Randy Moss.
0: If you put okay, that's a great little point. If you put and I love Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola, and Gronkowski, like during the playoffs, like it's frustrating to watch because they're not on your team, but you can't admit like or you can't deny what they were doing was just badass as long as they did. If you put any of them on this current Patriots team, they're terrible. Like they're not they're nowhere near the Hall of Famers that they are. And again, like Right now, I think Bill has probably, like, come to terms with, it's like, all right, like, Super Bowl's very much out of the reach. But the coaching record, like, that I can at least, like, attain. That I can at least, you know, hang my hat on. Like, okay, well, Brady's got six Super Bowls. Brady and I had six Super Bowls. He leaves, wins one. He leaves. I still win the coaching record. You know, that's the only, like, little, like, I guess his move after being in check, so to speak. But, um, yeah, man.
1: Marvin Harrison is because, like, can we even blame it all on Mac Jones at this point? Who is he throwing the the ball to?
0: He's that's what I'm saying. Like, he's
1: one receiver as good as like the third string receiver he had at Alabama.
0: Well, that's the problem.
1: yeah,
0: Yeah, he has Kendrick Bourne and he has Devontae Parker. And Hunter Henry and Mike Gasicki. and we all know that Ramondre Stevenson I, I he has to be hurt like something is up with him
1: Gotcha uh, what's that dude's name Tennessee John o Smith
0: oh yeah, as well, yeah, yeah I, I forgot on a uh...
1: man for some reason
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but um, dude, it's just if okay if if he's gonna at least step away from a position. Maybe not coaching, but at least personnel. But anyway, I was going back to what I was doubling down and what I was basically my theory is as far as the Patriots and as far as like what they're doing and as far as how fast they're doing it. Like the fact that they've already had a Tom Brady Appreciation Day and they uh, gave him his jersey and he was able to wear like his game warm jersey, go down the sideline, give the iconic fist pump and the let's fucking go and, you know, get the crowd hype. And then it's been already reported that next year, he's already going to be in the Patriots ring of honor. I just think Bob Kraft just literally goes to Tom and just be like, look, what's it going to take for you to run the Patriots? What's it going to take for you to be the president of operations for the new, like you hire the GM, you hire the coach, you essentially help pick the players Like Bob Kraft at this point is like, I would much rather put my money on Tom Brady and where he is in his life than Bill Belichick. Again, for Bill, you've had an incredible career. You've done amazing things. You're still going to go down as one of the best, if not the best coach of all time. But right now, it's just ending so ugly. And the fact that you are going to still kick and scream, that the fact that your way is still the better way and that you know what's going on and that you're just going to completely continue to zig where anyone else is zagging. It's it's just going to show that, all right, the guy that signs the checks, he's the one who decides who comes and goes. And I think, ultimately, Bob Kraft will side with Tom Brady running the Patriots rather than Bill Belichick running the Patriots.
1: I'm going give you a good comparison for this, Dylan. That uh, is going to make your argument sound like a terrible decision.
0: John Elway? Yep.
1: yep. No. no. No, that's it. That's think it. about this. They gave the keys to Elway. Elway did exactly what you're talking about right now, but what if he that's gave them exact- to Shanahan? Had he gave them to Shanahan, Kyle would be running the Broncos right now, and what a different story it would be.
0: It, was, it would be a different story, but the fact that if – I guarantee you, Brady's Elway version would do more than just two Super Bowls and only just one Super Bowl championship. Like two Super Bowl appearances, I think. We go get Aaron. He
1: goes against Aaron Rodgers. No,
0: he wouldn't. <laughs> he wouldn't fuck with Aaron Rodgers because he knows Aaron is already. Guy,
1: if he's gonna do it like Elway, throw Peyton. In there. Justin,
0: you watch college football too, man. You can't deny, and especially our boy Dylan Gabriel balling right now. Like you can't deny the quarterback talent that's about to come into the league this year and next year. I, don't I keep know. saying that's there's about
1: thing. Why wouldn't Belichick tank? He's already at the bottom. Him and Denver have the same record. The only team worse than him is Carolina, and that's because they ain't got to win.
0: But Chicago has their pick. Like Carolina hasn't won a yeah. game, and they have no and interest. Chicago, or they have,
1: well, at one point, I don't know if it's still this way. Chicago had the one and the two, but that might have been before they won.
0: <laughs> I, I feel like I, the the report came out that I saw that uh, it's ironic that um, Carolina is now shopping for a number one receiver, or at least trade, or calling about a number one wide right receiver. Yeah,
1: I've seen memes I think the news about
0: uh, them trading for DJ Moore. No, well, I've been saying for a while. I feel because uh, I um, I know their own, uh, their owner David Tepper is really big into the stock market and he knows like where it all goes and like you know the ups and downs and the trends. And I've also been kind of speculating, like, all right, well, the Minnesota Vikings at this point, especially now that Justin Jefferson is going on IR, they're not really going to be. Willing to just run to the table to just give him the contract that he wanted. Like, he, I mean, he bet on himself to, for this year to have a big year, but he also, there's two sides of that coin to when you get hurt, that's just leverage against you. Why wouldn't the Carolina Panthers come in and just be like, we'll give you the Tyreek, Devontae level style contract and you can just play with Bryce Young? So I just, I've, I've been speculating that the Panthers would trade for Justin Jefferson. It looks more and more kind of like how that can, you know, play out now, especially if they, really suck i also saw a report that the kirk cousins like more people continue to kind of inquire about him and what's interesting is you know i had already talked about this in another group chat was like you know like hey like minnesota could get in on the caleb williams it's funny i didn't even want to like go down this rabbit hole and it's not even on the talking point but it's it's, hey ladies and gentlemen that's just what we go by Yeah, exactly. It came up and that's what we do on this podcast. We were co- we talk about the things that are interesting. And Minnesota Caleb Williams did put out a list of like the five teams that he would want to go to, which is crazy, but then again, there is a lot of player empowerment specifically with the NIL, you know, but uh, Minnesota was one of the te- five teams that he did list. And Minnesota right now could have a nice little track in the Caleb Williams sweet stakes. Again, like they could trade off some key assets. If Caleb Williams were to come in and obviously start throwing to Jordan Addison and T.J. Hawkinson, you trade out Jordan Jefferson, uh, Justin Jefferson, to get a you know a boatload of picks, you know, and obviously you uh, Kirk Cousins like someone will, like a playoff team or like a fringe playoff team will make that run, especially like if the Jets get desperate I'm or to if they put it right now. Well, if Zach Wilson continues to impress, like that's just the conversation that Joe Douglas woody johnson and you know Robert saw they're just gonna have like you know do we bring in someone to like kill the kid's confidence or do we keep rolling with the kid like you know what do we do and That'll you know but i mean i,
1: I want him i hope he gets to the point where it was the joke where he was like i'm gonna make aaron Rodgers real uncomfortable like i hope he starts to make him uncomfortable that should be funny let's look something like aaron Rodgers, but i'm here for
0: it let's just say aaron Rodgers has got his own uh Battles to deal with right now.
1: <laughs> oh, he'll be—he's uh, gonna be lucky. I feel like to to make another good run at it. But I don't know. He was talking shit the other day, like he's almost ready to go. We'll see.
0: All right, you know another team that's ready to go, and we'll see how they play out. It, it didn't start off pretty, but. Now, I had a little skin in this game too, and I was really happy towards the end because the for my entire adult life, these two iconic brands, almost like the Cowboys and the the San Francisco 49ers, these two brands, the fact that they're division rivals, the fact that they've had iconic games the last twenty years, and it's just another, you know, another dogfight of the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. Now, JB, what I thought was interesting about this game, and this is what I really love, this is my value hunting going for, the fact that it was uh, Pittsburgh plus four, and a lot of these games have come down to like, specifically like with the Ravens and the Steelers, it's come down to a field goal or less, and Lamar Jackson hasn't really been the showstopper the icon mr monday night here yeah, the the heartbreak kid he hasn't been any of that he doesn't really play well that well against the steelers he normally doesn't and that's why i was like okay this is a little juicy and at first again it doesn't look good oh um <laughs> so we obviously had these talking this talking point on there but i get a report a little um you know a little about 10 minutes before we record that Justin at the Pittsburgh Penguins game tonight again ladies and gentlemen hockey started tonight at the Pittsburgh Penguins hockey game there were chants to fire Matt Canada <laughs> Pittsburgh fans are fed up with the offense and Kenny Pickett wasn't looking good, but obviously the defense is keeping him in. T.J. Watt just continues to be a fucking badass and just man or just an alien, I guess. You know, now everyone's starting to realize that aliens are amongst us. We've known that for the longest time. We just know that T.J. Watt's just the latest alien that people are starting to become aware of. And, you know, next thing you know, it's like, all right, well, Kenny Pickett's starting to make a little... Make a little, he started to make a little ha- magic happen. It's like, all right, now they're covered. Like, that's all I care about. They're covered. That's all I care about. Plus four. That's all I care about. And then next thing you know, I look up and it's like, holy shit, they won. <gasps> oh my God. And I pretty much was so happy just for the Steelers culture. Mike Tomlin as an underdog, preaching the underdog matter. Yes, I do kind of talk a little down on the defensive coaches, but one of the things about people like Mike Vrabel, Mike Tomlin, uh, D'Amico Ryans is now in that crew. It's like, all right, they're just good motivators. They are leaders amongst men, and they can get anyone to run through a fucking wall. And, again, the fact this was against a division rival, they came out, they ended up getting a uh, win out of it, right now JB that AFC North it looks uh looks a little bit wide open right now
1: It is and Pittsburgh's weird I don't know I don't know what they're doing I don't know what's going on Najee Harris looks terrible he does nothing
0: Yeah how did he just kind of just like start falling off you know I got, well okay I was thinking about that the other day and I'm just like all right well when he played in California, he was like one of the top high school running backs and he had had a bunch of carries. He gets to Alabama and he has to sit for uh like, I think like a year or so, but even then, and then he comes back for his senior year. Cause it was the COVID year. So that's another, you know, whole year of a workload. Then when he gets to the Pittsburgh Steelers and drafted in the first round, he instantly gets the starting nod there. I just think we're at the point, man, especially with his like, Uh, recently or not recent, but his uh history with uh knee problems. Man, I just think we're just seeing like Devontae, or I'm sorry, Najee Harris just kind of happen what happened with Ty Gurley. Like one day you just look up and it's just like, man, like does this guy just suck now? Like, like what happened? Like, how did this guy just go from being awesome to just sucking just so quickly? Like, the backup looks good though. Uh, Warden.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Warren, Jalen Warren. uh, Jalen Warren, that's it. He does look good. He's catching balls out of the backfield. Uh, He had a real strong – I don't know if it was a catch or a run, but he broke a tackle, got it in zone. Uh, Yeah, he looks good. Uh, This clicked in my mind because you were talking about running backs falling off and Zeke, but, like, a weird, weird stat. So, jump back to – to go back to the New Orleans Patriots game for just a second – uh Zeke led that game in receptions weird fact to go look at but anyways back over to Pittsburgh I don't need to <laughs> I'm just telling it it was like four that's the bad part it's like four receptions. ladies and
0: gentlemen that there yeah. describes the Patriots offense in case you don't watch football right uh, there what Justin Bryan just said
1: yeah I'm sorry I seen it earlier it blew my mind I can't believe I forgot it when we were talking about it but yeah back to that Anyways, all right, we're back over to Pittsburgh now. I just had that moment because we were talking about running backs falling off a cliff. Uh,
0: We love information here, sir. You know this.
1: George Pickens, though, looks phenomenal. Uh, My biggest disappointment from the game is personal, and uh, it's Calvin Austin had no receptions, no targets, just ghost. And Deontay didn't even play, so it's terrible news. He's too fast. they got to get him involved. Uh, I, I don't so know. what you're
0: saying is that you would fit in with the Pittsburgh Pi- uh, Penguins fans tonight with the Fire Matt Canada chance. Okay. You would fit right in yeah. with them.
1: What I'm saying is if Calvin Austin gets traded to Miami he's going to score yeah. like 300 yards a I game. Don't,
0: <laughs> I don't think that'll happen they literally just traded for might, uh, Chase Claypool.
1: Might need to let the Dolphins coach know how fast Calvin Austin is. See if we can't get him in the end zone. <laughs> But yeah, they I don't, they
0: already have plenty of speed on that team.
1: Lamar Jackson, like you said, he just something about Pittsburgh. They got him dialed in. I don't know if it's T.J. Watt. Just I don't know what it is, but they got him figured out. They got him queued up, and they always playing. T.J. Cam like, Hayward,
0: Minka Fitzpatrick, Tomlin. Like some someone in the building knows something.
1: Yeah, I mean, then... there's nobody else. I mean, outside of what Lamar, you know, he had. Uh, he had seventy-something yards to Flowers. He had a little under that to Mark Andrews. Gus Edwards had little to nothing. Justice Hill ran one in, got lucky, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't. Joey
0: Porter's kid had that a uh, big interception too. I did see that.
1: I don't know how Baltimore continuously doesn't help him. I feel like year in and year out, it gets snow better in Baltimore, and I don't know what they're, I don't know what they're doing. I don't. Dobbins going down hurt them. Zay Flowers has been great for them. Odell, has, yeah, everybody. He like, was
0: getting looked at too. I mean, I mean, it's moment, the same. But like, storylines.
1: I didn't have no faith in him coming into it. So yeah, Baltimore just hasn't looked good in a while, and it's just kind of. I feel like i have been a It's like they're running on a deflated wheel.
0: You know who else doesn't look good? And I guess this could be from a positive standpoint to whereas if if you don't look good and you're losing games, that sucks. That film session really sucks. Now, if you're not playing well and you win, it's okay, guys, we're playing our B minus B game and we're still pulling out. We don't look good just yet. But we're still pulling out wins, and we're still trying to just mold everything together. And I think that's where the Philadelphia Eagles find themselves right now. Because if anyone who had watched that game against uh, the Rams, you could definitely see the Rams uh, putting in some fight in the first half, not so much in the second half. Now I was thinking about, you know, that's pretty much a little bit of their trend here the last, like, few weeks. And it made me think, uh, oh, wait a minute, this team is very young and it's also Matt Stafford, you know, pretty old and Cooper Cup coming off of an injury riddle, you know, start. So pretty much like, yeah, they're going to, yeah, they're going to get tired <laughs> as the game goes on, essentially if they are happen to play key minutes for a long period of time. But um, the fact that Cooper Cup was able to come back and literally just kind of just step right back into the responsibility he was able to do and Puka Nakua uh, was able to still attain a little bit of his normal target share, it uh, looks as though those can instantly just, you know, keep the offense afloat. And, you know, even though Kyron Williams really didn't have that big of an impactful day on the ground, the aerial attack for the Rams could do well. Which Justin, I thought was actually kind of crazy because I actually picked this. uh, I picked uh, the Rams to to be one of like the teams in the Caleb Williams sweet states. Like I thought they were going to suck because they were so top heavy, and already two of their top three players were already hurt, and it's not even the opening day of you know the season. But you know they're continuing to show some fight. Um, They got a pretty little you know nice little stretch coming up to where it's like all right, well we'll see how that start really, you know, d- do they keep that up or do they continue to, you know, pretty much just uh, tread water or do they just completely sink? And, you know, so we'll, we'll definitely find out about the Rams as it's time to go on, but I thought watching this game was like, all right, well, this is more of like the Eagles. It's like, all right, well, you still see them making plays. Like, you still see the playmakers doing their thing, but you still feel like, all right, well, there's there's, there's a little, there's a little, there's still... A little left to be desired you know there's still they can still do more which is crazy to say for a team that's undefeated and you know it's it's odd to say but it's I feel as though okay well this is a little bit of like the Shane Steichen effect like you get Shane Steichen away from Jalen Hurts yeah you're gonna have a little bit of an initial you know regression but at that point, you just bet on Jalen Hurts's intangibles, like you just bet on the character and the guy to just want to get better, and the fact that he's able to be coached hard by Nick Sirianni and or Nick Sirianni and the offensive coordinator and Brad Johnson, it really helps, you know. So if he has that little regression, you can call him out on it, and he can identify it if he hasn't already identified it, and instantly make that progression to get better. And I think that all right now the Eagles are. You know, when they got that little dogfight in the Rams and they instantly started pulling away, it's like, all right, like they're starting to kind of like click a little bit. Like they're starting to kind of like get it together. AJ Brown's still a freak. Uh, Devontae Smith wasn't really too involved in this game. Dallas Goddard was reacclimated and uh, reintroduced to Jalen Hurts. Like, hey, I'm your tight end. They can still make big plays. Obviously, the rushing element that they have is just going to be that physical component that they bring to the table week in and week out. Still a little bit desi- left to be desired. A little, little meat on the bone that they left, but still, 5-0. and Could be worse, right?
1: Yeah, everybody expects the world of them because they were in the Super Bowl last year, but you hit on most of it. Uh, Swift, they, they hit pay dirt with DeAndre Swift. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's saving their ass right now. Because I didn't think he could do it. I thought it was gonna be game Gain- game well season to lose. I did too. And it was until he got hurt and Swift stepped in and he didn't miss a beat and he looked he's looked better I think than he ever looked in Detroit. But uh it
0: that's kind of a win win for both teams, for Detroit and for Philly.
1: Yeah, I mean I think it's a bigger win for Philly. I mean Detroit's Oh <laughs> Montgomery's running wild for Detroit. They ain't missing him at all. So, but yeah, it's a big win for Philly because I didn't think they would have, I didn't think they would have what they had Miles Sanders last year out of the out of him, and they've got the equivalent of that. Uh, like you said, Devontae Smith, he didn't do nothing. He had one catch. Uh, (laughs) I also think he's enough of a team player. Being going through Alabama, you're not gonna hear from him. He don't care. He ain't gonna be whining like AJ Brown was. Uh, A.J. Brown got fed, so he'll shut up for the week. Like you said, Goddard had a big game, 100-something yards. Uh, Hertz got in with his usual tomfoolery. He threw a pick, too, but 300-something yards. The Rams made it a game. I didn't really expect the Rams to make it a game, like you said, but the Rams got something with Nakua and Cup. Uh, they really do. A dangerous one, too. Uh looking at the numbers just the numbers they did this past week is he a
0: part of the breakfast club do you know with that little tandem of stafford and cup every breakfast like they get together do you know if he's a part of that little breakfast club i feel like he should be at this point
1: i don't point. know if he's invited to the tea party or not but uh um, oh
0: he should be but what definitely I, it definitely should be
1: reminds me a little bit of uh Marshall and Jeffrey with Jay Cutler back in the day. Just off that first numbers they put up together, I'm like, y'all do this week in and week out. That's the type of offense we're looking at. Kyron That's Williams about how it was really in the... Good also, to be just thrown in there on what is the yearly, what is Sean McVay going to do at running back, because nobody knows, he doesn't know, the running backs don't know, the team don't know. By week four, we're going to have a homeless guy that he met at the bus stop that's going to be the running back. He's going to rush for 150 yards. Like I hate I hate it. I hate, it. I hate how he does the running backs.
0: <laughs> well, he made that public statement that Melvin Gordon acknowledged, saying that, all right, when Sean McVeigh acknowledged that paying Todd Gurley was a mistake and saying that he would never pay a running back again – the rest of the league followed suit, and he wasn't wrong. Like, he was spot on because, yeah. And now, what makes the Kyron Williams situation interesting was that Kyron Williams was, was on the team last year, but I don't think he was really separating enough from Cam Akers for Sean McVay to make a move. And we already know that Cam Akers and
1: too. what's that? He had Daryl Henderson last year, too.
0: That's right, but I mean... Who he
1: never, also never really gave a full run to. (laughs) If you look at it, he never really gave any of them a full run. He took all of them and, like, would play them for a couple weeks. They would have a big game or two, and then he'd be like, put this other guy on here. So, it's like... Yeah. It's almost like he was trying to avoid the price tag before it ever came.
0: Well, speaking of paying the price tag selling the price tag, wondering if you can get a discount on said price tag. Ladies and gentlemen, we've already been kind of talking about it this podcast episode. You've seen it. You've seen your teams talk about it. You've seen other teams sort of report about it and really just kind of speculate on it. And that's this uh, emerging trade deadline that we have. And yeah, the fact that we're already seeing um, names... um, what was it? uh Randy Gregory just got moved who's to say um a few other teams won't you know kind of you know sell off key assets you know again we talked about how Minnesota's in a position to do so um Brandy, if you would have told
1: Randy me Atlanta that, that he doesn't matter he, he's that, the top three receiver in Atlanta who's him <laughs> Uh, Drake London, Drake London, and and Mac Hollins. Yes, he's gonna be the three. He's fast.
0: He'll probably be the two, JB. But I mean, he'll oh, oh great, another playmaker goes to Atlanta to not be utilized properly. I mean, wonderful.
1: Have to throw it to somebody, do
0: <laughs> Well, it's not Kyle Pitts. I think we can already establish that. No, nah, I think um, him and but Cam yeah.
1: LePorter have the same amount of career touchdowns. I'm pretty sure at this point.
0: It's insane but uh, yeah so when we, we we can instantly start seeing the b- really bad teams like all right well like that's where the fan base sits where right because it's like all right well my team is 0 and five or one and four two and three or even like three and one and three and two and there's not a lot of optimism where it's like all right well where does every bit of that optimism like kind of go to and it's like all right well it we goes straight to the draft. Well, it's like, well, the draft is a long way away, so what can I do to kind of get my fix in before then? Well, you can just watch college football. You can turn on a lot of these primetime games or a lot of these games where you have a lot of these top 20 or, hell, even top 25 contending teams, and you can see a lot of these quarterbacks that are a lot of sweet players, and you're even in a position where even if you suck, you don't necessarily need to fully, fully tank because there's more than just three, like, really good quarterbacks. Like, there's a bunch of them. And, like, you, JB, you can go 7-10, 8-9, or even if you're, like, a team that's kind of, like, teetering with your quarterback or you just want to kind of, like, just upgrade or just at least just get on the rookie quarterback business. Like, you, you that could happen to – like, you can still get a sweet player in those positions. Like, even in the 20s or even in the late 20s. Like, there's a lot of – there's a lot of bread to kind of spread around when it comes to these uh, quarterbacks coming through. But yeah, so this, the fact that this trade speculation talk is already, um, I guess in play and will only ramp up for the weeks to come. Uh, I'm already intrigued with some of the teams that are involved in some of these reports and some of the linked players that have been mentioned. Um, lot. Yeah, me too. I've seen that too. Like I've seen him link to like I think like four teams, and it's just like, all the right, hardest well,
1: hardest thing Tennessee could do.
0: Well, yeah, because it's like, all right, well, you got to figure out if Will Levis and Malik Willis like can either one of them play? Like, can yeah. either one of them realistically play? Specifically, can Will Levis play? Like, we kind of seen what Malik Willis is, and can Will Levis kind of step in and do something
1: after Sunday game? Yeah. I think they'd be better off with Gardner Minshew.
0: Well, Sunday's game they got a little exposed. Now I did uh, kind of actually have a little skin in that game. I actually bet um, the Colts uh, plus two and a half, and you know obviously that hit. And I was I was feeling a little upset when uh, when Anthony Richardson goes down. I'm just like, no, there it goes. Like that's it. I'm dead. Yeah, it's over. TV. Yeah, exactly. And um, next thing you know, that you know Gardner Minshew just does Gardner Minshew things, and it's like. Okay, I guess the jorts and the stash is back. Stash. But uh Yeah, like the fact that you already see this trade speculation and how active it's gonna be, I think it's cool, man. I think these young GMs are like, screw it. Like we want to get in the rookie quarterback business, whether that be for potential, whether that be for contract, whether it be for potential backup that can eventually turn into a starter. Like, you have all these guys in their scouting department and their personnel department, like, just going to these college games and seeing all these players, it's going to be really hard for them, especially the bad teams, to not literally just go to more college games than they would their own, like, their own team's games.
1: That's why Chicago is interesting, too. Like, what do they do? Do you try to continue to develop Justin Fields if you're an early pick? Or do you go get one of these other guys or do you go get him well, and fact, you sit them behind Justin
0: you? if, if you're at the one and it's Caleb Williams, can
1: you sit him behind Justin Fields? It's, well, right now, JB, if out? the
0: draft were to start today, Chicago would have the number one and the number two pick, which more than likely, I think anyone with a brain would go Caleb Williams and Marvin Harris Jr. Oh, and, yeah, but, Absolutely. Like, the fact that they have Chicago, or I'm sorry, a Carolinas pick is incredible for them because they're going to have what seems like at least two top five, hell, maybe even two top five, or or I'm sorry, they're going to have at least two top ten, maybe even top five or top three picks. Like, they're going to have two of them, and it's definitely going to help them, you know, reset their offense. But I think now, Justin, like, and now we hate it for Justin Fields because of, like, the situation, but... It's not like he can't like huge. go somewhere. What?
1: I said, I'm not a huge fan. I don't. He's Well great. because you.
0: Well, you've seen no how more. how he's losing now. Like he's lost. Like
1: I mean, I was way never, more. I was never like he's that guy. So. Oh, I was never like oh he's that.
0: I think what I was saying is like the traits. It's like all right, like he's big, physical arm. He can run. All like right. it's like he's all right. Well, 11. these are. Yeah, like these are. I guess uh, traits that you need to be a MVP like style quarterback. Yeah. And it's not like again like he's old enough to where he can't go somewhere else to just, you know, rejuvenate his career. Who's to say that if Minnesota's like skips out on the Caleb Williams sweet stakes that they can be in play for Justin Fields and like they start lighting it up with him as well, especially now that he goes from a defensive coach to a potential offensive coach. But yeah, like with this trade speculation, it's already running rampant and it's uh growing and it's going to continue to grow i don't think uh justin... just sell
1: their fan base on that
0: well i mean Basically, only time will tell my friend Kirk
1: cousins like he was a thing at washington you're we, we facing to find out how good he really truly was and you bet it all on him can you really move on from kirk cousins and bet it all on justin fields
0: how old was Kirk Cousins when he came to Minnesota? Oh, I can't. He was he like in his late twenties. He or was like early thirties.
1: Towards the end of his rookie deal, because Washington didn't want to pay him. He yeah, might, but they franchise tagged got, him what seven? twice? I can't. So remember. So what? That's
0: six. Yeah, they franchise tagged him back to back years. Like that was always like the growing like.
1: So I don't know how many years. He yeah, made. exactly. Maybe four.
0: Well that's just the old the the old um, the old saying uh, you get viewed differently if you start in the mailroom than you do if you start in the corner office and that's just like Washington oh. always viewed him as that fourth round pick that was the second quarterback pick behind Robert Griffin so yeah they have his four years but I believe they franchise tagged him twice so he can so his seventh year in the league that would be what like he would be 28 29 when he came to the um the Vikings A a 20, what, Justin Fields is, what, 24, 25, maybe, if that. Like, even if he's 24, a 24-year-old Justin Fields sounds much better than a 28, 29-year-old Kirk Cousins. I'm just saying.
1: Yeah, you got more time with him. You still got more time to build in and develop in.
0: And you have better athleticism and more, like, mobile ability, like, especially in their style of offense. Like, They don't really have a dominant run game like the fact that he can do well with Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson, again, with an offensive coach, with a division that's pretty – even if – I mean, how long is Jerry Goff going to be pretty good? And, you know, can this offense still continue to sustain success in Detroit? So even if you were to go to the same – if you were to go to a division rival team, it's not like the division that you're in is, you know, blowing the doors off with multiple 10-win teams. So – There's going to be some people that are vying for Justin Fields. I feel like if it doesn't work out in Chicago, which it's already kind of trending, like it's trending downward, so to speak. But Justin, before we get out of here, speaking of trending, we just talked about trending downward. I got to tell you about something that is trending upward. And that is our friends at Acres Down South with the products that they are pushing out With the absolutely amazing designs, I'm actually uh, wearing a good bit of it right now. The elite merchandise, game day polos, performance polos, infinity stretch moves with you. So you can stay cool and dry during any activity, whether you be at work, whether you be at a social event, whether you be uh, out at a bar, whether you be walking around, it doesn't matter. Acres down south is the place to Purchase every one of this again elite merchandise. They also specialize in sweet hats delicious sauce sauces and seasonings uh, And just one of my favorite features about this company is that they're actually involved in nil so they actually encourage kids to get involved with them so they can um, expand your brand your name your image and your likeness Ladies and gentlemen, follow them on every one of the social platforms. That is Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. You can also subscribe to the podcast network that I'm now a part of. And theirs is called Last Call Sports. They give a lot of betting insights. Uh, I just have my friend Jacob German on the, the Grand Poobah, or one of the Grand Poobahs of Acres Down South. He threw down a little little college action that we got this weekend. But uh, once you've uh, purchased every one of these uh, amazing products, when you go to checkout, make sure you enter the promo code 3DP. That's three. D is in dog, P is in pirate at checkout for 15% off your entire order. Again, 3DP promo code. Tell your friends, tell your family about it. Limit one use per customer. We also encourage you to tell your friends and family about this podcast. We see the new listeners coming in. We see every bit of the love and support that you got for us. And we appreciate every bit of the shout out and every bit of the the love that you've given us. We love you as well. Justin, anything to say to the listeners before we get out of here, buddy?
1: Nope, I ain't got (laughs) nothing.
0: Man of very few words, but when he does talk, people Listen. Ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for listening. Again, continue to uh, share the podcast with your friends and family. Give us a follow on all the socials. Remember to uh, visit Acres Down South. Follow them. Subscribe to their podcast as well. And Justin, we always got to end it, brother. You know what's coming. Who that.
1: We done books.